It's always game day in Cleveland. He is Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Thanks for being along with us, along with producer Meredith Kane. We'll be uh, talking a little bit to her down the road as the show progresses. But right now I want to get back into what we're doing with the Browns roster and how this thing is going to develop. And, and when we were just talking about Kareem Hunt, with the lack of first-round picks coming up in the future, because this team doesn't have a first-round pick till 2025, thanks to the Deshaun Watson trade, um, I'm wondering what Kareem Hunt's value is, and I'm wondering if the value, the contract, and all those other things that go around with having a quality running back. And you said it last segment, Daryl, that uh, you know Nick got hurt last year, Kareem got hurt. They kind of juggled against both of each other. There are a lot of fans that want to see both those guys on the field together. There's a lot of folks that would like to see Kareem Hunt catch the ball a little bit more coming out of the backfield. What would Kareem Hunt's value be on the open market should the Browns try to trade him? Are you looking for a player or are you looking for a draft pick? Well, they're probably going to look for a draft pick, but um, if I'm Andrew Barry, I'm greedy in thinking that I'd want a two. At worst, I'd want a three, but I, my target will be a second-round pick for him. Uh, you're not going to get a one. Uh, that just isn't going to happen. I just, I, when I think about the situation objectively. Can I give you two words? Yeah. Can I ahead. give you two words? Trent Richardson. That's my hope. Trent Yeah, call Richardson. the Colts. <laughs> um, I, I just, but I, I, he's a starting running back in the National Football League. That's the luxury that the Browns have with the Chubb-Hunt combo, one-two punch is you basically have two starting running backs on your roster. And he's scheduled to make around six and a quarter in actual cash uh, this year. Um, and, but it, which isn't really a, a whole lot of money uh, in the grand scheme of, of things uh, when, you're, when you're thinking about um, actual payroll, right? Your, your highest paid player, obviously, now is Deshaun Watson. That bill has come due because you are paying an elite quarterback. For the last 25 years, the Cleveland Browns have not had to pay that kind of money for a quarterback because, well, quite frankly, they haven't had that type of a quarterback. Well, now they have one. The franchise quarterback is set in Deshaun Watson. You know, so they're, they're paying the really, really good money there, $46 million. Denzel Ward, he comes out to around $21 million. Amari Cooper, $20 million. And then Miles Garrett is at $19 million. Uh, so those are your top paid players on your active roster. And when you look at the positions, right? Quarterback, cornerback, number one wide receiver, and defensive end. Like, that's roster construction 101, Andy, when you look at how the money gets spent. Then you get into your... Uh, offensive linemen and, and spending some money there, right? Joel Batonio's making over $10 million. Wyatt Teller's making over $10 million. Jack Conklin, whom they restructured in the final year of his deal. Of course, he's coming off the injury. He's making around $7, 8000000 million after that restructure. So when you look at how Andrew Berry is spending his money, what helps him is these running backs don't cost him a lot of money. You know, Nick Chubb doesn't cost a, a lot of money. Uh, very team-friendly contract extension that he uh, signed, right? To Ernest Johnson is a little under $2.5 million is a restricted free agent tender. Uh, and then obviously the rookies that, you know, and the younger guys that follow, they're, they're basically making pennies on 
the dollars. So the, the running back position isn't costing them a lot of money, even though they have a log jam of talent at that spot. And that's where you just you tip your hat to the genius that is Andrew Barry because he has been able to spend money, cash, where he at the at the key positions when you talk about the foundation of your roster, which again is your quarterback, your offensive line, your number one receiver, your franchise defensive end, and your number one cornerback. That is roster construction one oh one when you're talking about cash and cap spend. And that's what Andrew Berry has done. And then you fill the pieces in around that. So um, I, I still think, though, with Kareem, his the hope would be if you if you were to trade him, uh, that you get a number two, uh, a second round pick, maybe a third round pick. But I just I don't think a first round pick is in the cards there. I think that's I think teams learned from the Trent Richardson trade. <laughs> If you get where I'm going there, right? I mean, the Browns fleece the Colts of that first round pick. It's a shame that they didn't do anything with it of substance, but I I just, I don't think Kareem's going to get you a first round pick. I I would play it. And since we're not saying his name anymore, I'll say I would play it almost similar to the, um, to the maker Bayfield situation there. Does it get me out of a fine if I say it that way Um, with the, the fact that if you're waiting for another injury for camp, I say you hang out. Like, I don't want them to get rid of Kareem Hunt in any way, shape, or form. Oh, no. I want them to go into the season with Chubb and Hunt and then figure out Dearness Johnson and then move Jerome Ford in there. And you've got Felton on the roster. But my point about Hunt is someone's going to lose their number one running back at some point early in the season or during training camp. And that's when his value will go up, the same as Maker Bayfield. So. Is that better if I say that? Okay, I just want to make sure. Um, so, <laughs> no, sorry, and, and that's, that's three. why I just think you—that's three right there. We got it. <laughs> we got to cut it off. No, Merritt. No, no, I didn't say his name. I've only said his name once. I'm talking about the mythical Maker Bayfield. Oh so my let's gosh. Not get, uh, okay, fine. Let's not get carried away with it. I'm just teasing. All right, so Andy wants to be again, home. With if you look at hun- Maker Bayfield, <laughs> I might need new insurance. That's my problem. So, <laughs> you, you look at the two of them. And I, I just think it's a matter of time and patience, and that is one thing that I think Andrew Barry showed us, that he is patient and that he's he he's willing to keep the outside noise out and worry about what's best for the team rather than sitting here and, and living in the moment and wondering, well, our fans are going to go crazy if you get rid of the hometown kid who's a running back who you know was a little bit hurt last year. And, by the way, he can run, and he is a professional running back. There's no doubt about it. What else does this team need, Daryl? And I still I still want a veteran wide receiver. You know, you look at what they did with the draft. Where are they at this point on, on the roster and what needs to be tweaked? Like, if you were looking at Daryl Ryder's 53, how many spots do you think are conceivably up for grabs when they go into camp? I'm not crazy about the defensive right now. I have a lot of questions outside of players named Miles Garrett. Uh, if the season were to start today, your defensive tackles are probably Jordan Elliott, and I'm going to slide him in there just because he's a ball of energy and uh, remains to be seen who's going to get the other job. I'm going to say Perry and Winfrey is a starter next to Jordan Elliott. And then at right defensive end, uh, Chase Vinovich is in there right now. Does he hold on to that job? I would like him to bring back Jadavian Clowney on a one-year contract. 
I don't know that Jadavian's in a number in a hurry to sign yeah, or Darryl, B, why is if you want why to come is, back. Why is he different than Jarvis Landry? Why is J- Jadavian Clowney different than Jarvis Landry? Because we we seem to lump them together as far as right. bringing back these two free agents. Well, the the money's the, the money's sort of similar because I think Jadavian will cost around twelve. I am just guessing that he would be looking for something around twelve million uh, per year. And the reason he's different is because uh, the Browns have a need there. They they have a hole. Whereas at receiver, Amari's your number one. They think very highly of the two young kids they recently drafted in Anthony Schwartz and Donovan Peoples Jones. So now you're to the fourth. You're you're down to the fourth man at that position, right? And maybe that right. a fourth guy at receiver ends up being David Bell, which I I, I think David Bell ultimately is going to work his way into the number two role. But David Bell, now you're four deep at the position. Uh, then you got Michael Woods, the second, whom you drafted in the seventh round. He's there. And then let's not forget the returner, the Pro Bowl returner that they signed as an unrestricted free agent from Chicago, Jakeem Grant. So now there, bang, there's your six wide receivers. And then Demetric Felton, your Swiss Army knife, he's your seventh. So you're pretty well set at that position. Um, whereas, again, you look at this defensive line, I just I have a lot of questions at, there, and especially defensive end. I thought that Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney played beautifully off each other last year. So that's why the Jarvis Landry situation and the, and the Jadavian Clowney situation, not only when you're talking about money Andy but you're talking about roster construction that's why they're so different because you legit already are six deep at your receiver position and there's questions if you're even one deep at defensive end opposite Miles Garrett I I, I like Jadavion Clowney I hope he comes back for all the same reasons you do and I kind of like the fact that he doesn't BS very often you don't when he's in a press conference he tells you exactly what he's thinking he does not dancing around like he did at the end like his his press conference at the end of the year with just saying, hey, look, it's it's about the money. Like, oh, my God, how refreshing is it to actually hear a player say what the truth is. I think he, as a veteran uh, and knowing that he's had health issues in the past, that him not wanting to have to go to some of these mini camps or do some of the mandatory things in the offseason is okay when you know what the productivity you're going to get is on Sunday out of him. So uh, I would love for him to come back. I hope he comes back, and I hope that's the situation that we have. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin couple of things we still want to get to, a lot of stuff. Um, expansion uh, is being talked about again. So that was a story that's uh, that's rising to the top right now. Oversaturation, though, maybe one of the things that the NFL needs to uh, look out. And then streaming and gambling, uh, all kinds of stuff. If you like what you're listening to, remember to subscribe to the It's Always Game Day in Cleveland feed. Remember to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Always Game Day in Cleveland.